The information provided on this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general informational purposes only. Welcome to Rights Here, Rights Now, the podcast about disability, advocacy, and activism. I'm your advocate host, Molly Carter. And I'm your advocate host, Suzanne Herbst. Every two weeks, we dig into relevant issues, current events, and avenues for self-advocacy. Because someone has to. And it might as well be us. This podcast is produced by the Disability Law Center of Virginia, the Commonwealth's Protection and Advocacy Agency for Disability Rights. Find out more at dlcv.org. And we have got a great episode for you all today. We have Dale Batten, the Deputy Commissioner of DARS, um, which of course, as everybody knows, stands for Department of Aging and Rehabilitative Services. And by everyone, I mean DLCV employees, but perhaps (laughs) not the general population. Um, So she is here to tell us more about the services that they offer. And it's going to be great. I'm excited. How about you, Molly? Yes, me too. I know um, we in, at, or at DLCV work very closely with DARS, but I really think it's an organization that they cover so much that it's important um, for our listeners to really know um, the services that they um, do and just everything that's out there. And Dale is just um, so knowledgeable and covers a lot. And so I think, I think we're going to learn a lot to, in today's episode. I sure hope so. Before we jump in, let's check out Disability in the News. Virginia is among several states who are receiving millions of dollars to strengthen respite care services for families and those with disabilities. The Administration for Community Living said that 11 million in lifespan respite care State Program Enhancement Grant Awards will be headed to 10 states over the next five years. The funding will be used to expand and enhance respite services, including coordination and dissemination, foster quality, and make programs easier to access. Earlier this year, the lawmakers approved the Lifespan Respite Care Reauthorization Act, which increased funding from $10 million annually through 2023. There's an estimated $53 million candidates nationwide, providing an estimated $470 billion unpaid care hours. This money will certainly help families all across the 10 states who will receive it. Welcome, Dale Batten. We are so excited that you are here today to help us um, learn more about DARS. So just for our listeners, right off the bat, can you give us um, some information, uh, just sort of introductory Primarily, what is the purpose of DARS, the Department for Rehabilitative Services? Good morning, Molly. Sure. Um, The purpose of DARS, Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services, um, is supporting Virginians' efforts to secure independence, including the integration of all of our customers. Our mission is to improve employment, 
quality of life, security, and independence of older Virginians, Virginians with disabilities, and their families. Great. And so it sounds like you work on, you know, a little bit of a broad spectrum there. So who's eligible for services with DARS? So DARS, my division, Division of Rehabilitative Services, um, offers vocational rehabilitation programs and services to assist people with disabilities to prepare for, secure, retain, or regain employment. Our team in DRS, Division of Rehabilitative Services, is committed to ensuring that individuals with disabilities have opportunities to compete for and enjoy high-quality employment. We collaborate with individuals with disabilities and community partners to empower individuals with disabilities to maximize their employment, working towards economic self-sufficiency and independence. Wow, thank you so much. Um, it looks like DARS does a lot of, um, I mean, in terms of um, job services and things, it sounds like DARS does a lot across the board. Can you um, go in a little bit more specifically about um, for our audience, how does someone apply for services at DARS and what is that um, process like? Okay, applying for services at DARS is just like applying for an appointment with a doctor or being recommended or referred from a doctor to another physician, a specialty doctor. So you can actually walk into our offices and apply yourself, a self-referral. You can be referred by some of our organizations that you're already working with, Department of Social Services, um, your doctor's office, the hospital, probation and parole, um, the court system, um, community service boards, um, family, schools, friends. So you do not have to um, apply for our services. Say you're a walk-in. Um, you need to be able to um, become eligible, you must have a physical, mental, emotional learning disability that is a real barrier to you getting a job. Um, you need our vocational rehab services to prepare you to get, keep or retain, regain employment. And then you must be able to benefit from the, from the services to help you overcome any barriers for employment. Yeah, which is wonderful. I think, um, I don't know how well known it is, but unemployment is, a bigger, a big issue in the disability community. And it's so wonderful to know that there's an organization out there, you know, specifically looking to help people with disabilities and some other issues to overcome those barriers and get employment and <laughs> get, get into the job market. Yes, Susanna. Now with the um, governor's initiative and economic um, executive order about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we know for a fact our population has, um, the inclusion has been a big factor for us. So there's big initiatives out there moving forward from the governor's office from a national level with uh, Rehab Services Administration to really make sure that we have equity for our population we serve. Absolutely, which is so wonderful. And it's just, it's gotta be comforting um, maybe for our listeners who didn't, maybe didn't know about the service to know that it's out there and it's got to feel nice for you, especially to have that backup from, um, you know, the higher ups. <laughs> yes. You can apply for our services through all the workforce, 
um, American Job Centers, one-stop centers in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, they're all around the state. There's 15 areas. It used to be 16 areas, and now it's actually 14, 15 areas, but there are comprehensive centers that actually serve um, our disabled population, and we are in those offices, the comprehensive centers. So if you walk in the doors and say you have a disability, you like to really apply for a vote rehab services, there's a new referral portal that we're using and you're able to actually click on disabled services needed and that will come to our agency. Great. So now once somebody applies, um, does it, can it take a while to get services? Is there a wait list? Um, what's the order of selection once you've applied? So a state vocational rehabilitation agency is required to implement an order of selection when it anticipates that there will not have sufficient fiscal or personnel resources to fully serve all eligible individuals. Um, our agency is an order of selection. I'm happy to say though, for the first time in the last 10 years, that we are now serving all customers that walk in our doors. Um, an order selection, if you have to implement order selection, it consists of priority categories in which eligible individuals are assigned based on the significance of the disability. So, but for Virginia, currently we're serving all categories are open. When we don't have sufficient funding, then we actually go by severity of the disabilities and categories are open and closed in that order. So who is eligible for services with DARS? That's a very good question. Our division of rehabilitation services, rehabilitative services, um, offers vocational rehabilitation programs and services to assist people with disabilities to prepare for, secure, retain, or regain employment. Our team is committed to ensuring that individuals with disabilities have opportunities to, to compete for and enjoy high quality employment. We collaborate with individuals with disabilities and community partners to empower individuals to maximize the employment, working towards economic self-sufficiency. Anyone that comes to us under uh, social security um, insurance or social security disability income are already presumed eligible. They do not have to go through any eligibility criteria because they're already receiving disability income. Thank you so much for that clarification. I know we do a lot with um, social security and um, disability in our office as well. So I really appreciate you covering that. Um, I'm curious, Dale, how long exactly are clients who go through DARS eligible for these services? And also, um, I kind of wanted to touch on too, because I would imagine the goal with DARS is um, after using these services for a while, I would think the ultimate goal is to um, no longer need them once that person you know, obtains employment or reaches their career goals or whatever it is. So can you talk to us about how long um, clients, is, clients are eligible and then also um, when these services um, may end as well? Our services are individually um, based on individual needs. And so when you apply for services and you're actually um, determine eligible and you're working with your counselors and you write an individual plan for employment, um, those services will last as long as that plan is needed to make you successful in employment, training and returning to work for the first time or retraining you for a different occupation, career path. We're um, now under um, 
looking at career paths for our individuals with disabilities. So um, there's no time limit to a service and how long the service will last. It's really based on your individual plan for employment, what you will need to make you successful. Um, it can be a short-term plan. It can be a long-term plan. It just depends on um, consumer informed choice and what the decision is made in terms of career path and vocational goal planning with the counselor and the consumer um, together. Okay, so it ends when you're actually successfully placed into employment and you're stable in employment. Um, we can actually um, close the case after stability has been identified, 90 days of successful stability, competitive integrated employment. But we also now have to follow you um, in our Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act um, common measures. We are now looked at on our performance for anyone that exit our program um, second and fourth quarters after exit. So really that's a year and a half. We're actually now measured on if you're still employed, um, it doesn't have to be in the same job, but you have to be measured on if that person that we closed successfully is still employed second and fourth quarter after exit. So it may end on paper from us communicating with you. Um, we also sent out surveys to say how you're doing um, if you weren't closed successfully a year after closure to see if you're doing okay. Um, but now we actually measured on where you are second and fourth quarter after exit. That's great. So you're following people um, as they sort of go through this journey. Um, and I think you made a really great point that I, that I wanna touch on, which is that you guys are providing training and retraining services. This isn't just, I need to get a job, get me any job. This is career focused and having, you know, real goals uh, to reach that level of fulfillment in life too. That's correct. And you may have individuals that will come in and say, I need a job now. And that's fine. We will try to help you find a job now. But the focus is to let's help you find a job which you need currently. But let's also talk about helping you with future goals to look at sustainability in your finances so you will not have to come back again because you're not able to be self-sufficient. So we will get you the job, help you get the job now, but the goal is to help you think more long-term in career planning for a career path. Exactly, which I, I think is such a key part of this, of your of the organization. It's It's not just, you know, let's do this now. It can, that can be part of it, like you said, but it's really, let's make a plan for the future. Yes. So let's say I got a job, I'm doing pretty well. And then, you know, you all, everybody at DARS had helped me out. And then maybe two, three years down the line, I find myself in a situation where I've lost a job. I need to need some help again. Um, can I reapply for services? You most certainly can. Um, we want to make sure that you're able to continue the success that you had with us initially. If something changed and you became unemployed again, um, you can definitely come back to the agency and reapply for services. And we will continue to work with you again to help you become employed um, again. Awesome. I think that's really um, 
an interesting or an, a really important point for our listeners to know is that this is a really um, more than as Suzanne said, just getting a job and keeping it. It's really an ongoing growth process for people in terms of their careers and their lives and just their overarching goals um, over a long period of time, because as we all know, life is unpredictable and our goals, particularly in our careers, um, can change and evolve. Um, one thing I found really interesting when we um, speak to other organizations is a lot of times people don't realize how early on um, they can sort of come into these organizations and get the help that they need. So um, one thing, uh, Dale, that might be interesting to talk about is, is there anything um, that DARS can do to help, um, say, kids or students as early as high school age? And when can sort of they um, jumpstart this process um, so as to take advantage of these um, resources as soon as they can? Very good question, Molly. I would like to comment on, um, since Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act started in 2016, actually when it really, 2014 with the law, 2016 when it really started, um, we have a requirement now to serve students with disabilities at an earlier age. And that's 14 years of age through age 21 students with disabilities. So we actually are in the schools. We're in the schools anyway, um, but we're in the schools helping students at an earlier age um, prepare for and do career exploration to find out they're really interested in different career paths and help them understand the service that we can provide to them when they graduate and offer services to them while they're in the school at those ages before they graduate. So when they actually become a junior and senior, which we work with them previously as a junior and senior, we're working with them earlier, giving them some career exploration, maybe some work-based learning. Um, so we're able to then really help them move more expeditely through the BR program, vocational rehabilitation program, when they actually are able and willing to come in to receive services. And they're better equipped for post-secondary training as well as job placement after high school exiting. So yes, we are now required to work with them at an earlier age and it is really working well to be able to help them with the school system. We're all one collective together, helping the students from the school personnel as well as our counselors to look at career paths at an earlier age, give them some work-based learning, some self-advocacy kinds of um, experience, um, some counseling opportunities for um, looking at what transition may look like, uh, work-based readiness training, to develop some of their social skills and independent living, and even some instruction and self-advocacy. So we have five core services we offer now under our pre-employment transition services in all the schools before they actually become a client of what we have in DARS. Thank you so much um, for covering all that. I know um, for me as um, a disabled person, I found that the earlier I can know about these resources and the earlier I, I myself can have agency um, and independence over these things and start you know, making my own choices, and building my own, you know, support system, um, I, you know, that things have been easier and the obstacles have kind of been um, smoother to overcome in that way. So I think it's really um, crucial that DARS 
started this process so early in the game. So I'm really, um, I'm glad that, you know, students as young as high school now are, are um, getting to have these services, especially, you know, nowadays with everything <laughs> being so unpredictable. So that's really great. We also have, and you may already know, our comprehensive rehab center, Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center. We do work with students and we have been working with students, but we work with students on a regular school system basis for our post-secondary education um, and rehabilitation program. So we actually have students from various schools attend our comprehensive training center in Fishersville for a week to do the same types of things, career exploration, um, independent living. So that is still what we do, but because of our requirements now to work with more of those students from our pre-employment transition services, we've expanded how many we work with in the student population. Which is wonderful, especially, you know, getting those, those experiences, um, even getting to meet your peers who are going through the same thing is wonderful. And of course, DLCV is a huge fan of self-advocacy. So <laughs> we're always happy to hear that, especially um, when we can help people, you know, get their start with that, you know, at a younger age and be ready for that. Yes. I would agree very much. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dale. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much for asking me to be with you all this morning. And now, a DLCV highlight. Between January and June 2021, DLCV staff provided information and referral to 23 Social Security beneficiaries with representative payees. We spent over 105 hours speaking with them about their individual situations and crafting recommendations for next steps. Our referrals included information about the responsibilities of payees, steps for changing a payee, and how to report suspected misuse to the Office of the Inspector General. If you have questions or concerns about your representative payee, please reach out to DLCD to discuss your options. And thank you again to Dale Batten from DARS for being here today. I think my hopes for the podcast were realized. Um, I think we learned a lot, got a lot of good information and Sounds like they're doing a lot of good things over there. Yes, Dale is just so lovely to talk to. And I'm just really glad that we were able to um, just cover a small portion of everything that Doris does. And I really hope that for maybe some of our listeners, this prompts them to um, reach out to Doris and start their own um, process with them. So again, thank you to Dale for coming on and chatting with us today. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Rights Here, Rights Now, brought to you by the Disability Law Center of Virginia. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. If you need assistance or want more information about DLCV and what we do, visit us online at dlcv.org. Um, you can also follow us on everyone's favorite news app, Twitter at DisabilityLawVA. And also, um, for those who don't know, we do have a Facebook, um, and you can follow us at the Disability Law Center, Virginia. And please don't, feel free to share us with your friends. Until next time, I'm Suzanne Herbst. And I'm Molly Carter.
And this has been Right Here. Right now.